What in the world is going on in Gainesville? We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy for the last time, Thirsty Thursday, last time this year that you get to do that. So I'm just saying. Have fun, be safe, be happy, be healthy. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole nine sports and Giants country of SI.com. Before getting into it, this feels super weird. Um, my cat's sleeping in my chair, so I'm using a different chair. And I feel like I'm a much different height, but I look like I'm the same height to me. So it, it, it's that's what we're doing here. But uh, now we're getting into the actual content where over the holiday weekend, Florida lost starters like... Michael Tarquin, Ethan White, and Trevez Johnson to the transfer portal. And as well, they also lost Jordan Young, who is more of a rotational role. For Trevez Johnson, at least, I know that at least one SEC West school has been in contact with him uh, since he entered the transfer portal. They contacted him the day that he hit the transfer portal, uh, they were gauging interest in him. So he's being pursued by them, SEC West schools, which means Trevis Johnson is likely going to be one of the few Dan Mullen recruits that leaves that stays with a Power 5 program where we've seen a lot of guys not do that. So Trevis Johnson has interest from at least one SEC West school. I'd imagine he's got interest from quite a few other power five schools because he was he was always solid eh, not solid he was always average we'll say and average here could be pretty dang good elsewhere um moving to what else happened we'll talk about tarquin white uh yeah, yeah we'll talk about them and, and a couple others but uh chris mcclellan in the Gator Collective Twitter space, which, by the way, if you haven't checked out the Gator Collective Twitter space with Chris McClellan, Shamar James, Devin Moore, and Kamari Wilson, I highly recommend that you go listen to it. Uh, it's on the Gator Collective's Twitter. It was just, it was hilarious to me. I'll say that. Uh, David Soderquist was the host who, obviously, you know, getting swamped. Um, he was the host. It was hilarious. Uh, I, I find it very funny, or I found it very funny where shamar pretty much just like took it over himself it was great but chris mcclellan went went semi-viral um we'll say he he popped off a little bit in gator nation because he was like hey a lot of the guys that left they weren't 100 bought in they weren't willing to give 100 to the program um what else players under dan mullen had a lot more leniency napier asks a lot of his players and Napier expects a lot from his players both on and off the field and a lot of the guys that left or at least some of the guys that left weren't prepared for that um I'm not going to play this game where we go oh my god which guys was it which guys which guys which guys I'm not going to do that uh I feel like some of them you can kind of see the writing was on the wall with it and some of them 
left midseason. So you don't really have to worry about that. But uh, I will also say that obviously that doesn't mean anything for a specific individual because kids leave all the time. We've seen guys leave because they're like, hey, could be money elsewhere. We've seen guys go, hey, I want to be closer to my family. Um, I'm not going to get playing time here. They have better kids coming in than I, than they have better players than me coming in. So I'm not going to get playing time. So I'm going to go things like that, where it, it's one of those times where, Hey, kids are going to leave. They, they can't stay forever. I will also say that, look, Florida fans, I get it. We've been upset because Florida's lost about 30 kids now to the portal and draft. Um, we, I get it. You want more than just the, you know, two or three guys that are coming from the transfer portal. We get that, right? Like we all, we all understand that. But I will say this, this is what you asked for. I forgot who wrote about it. I think it was Gators country, but they were like, Hey, we wanted roster turnover in Gainesville. That's what we're getting. We want a culture to be built in Gainesville. That's what we're getting. Like we've seen great, incredibly talented teams fall because they didn't have the proper culture and structure around them, right? We've we've seen that. We've seen not as talented teams make it farther because of their culture and their winning attitude and, and everything that they've done behind the scenes because of their their infrastructure. We've seen that, right? Like, that's the thing that we've all seen. Cincinnati made the playoff last year. I don't think they were the fourth most talented team in college football. They might have been the fourth best, but I don't think they're the fourth most talented team in college football, right? Okay. This is what you wanted. Billy Napier's asking a lot for these kids. Oh, no. Hell yeah, he is. This is the Gator standard. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're asking for. You want this program to have a swift kick in the rear, right? Billy Napier's doing that. Like, like Billy Napier is rejuvenating this program. Yeah, he's trimming the fat right now. So be it. Like, so, so be it. Billy Napier is doing what you wanted. You wanted a rebuild. You wanted this roster turnover. You wanted a, a culture that you could be proud of in Gainesville. That's what you're getting. Stop complaining. You're getting guys that want to be Florida Gators there. Uh, it's also fun to know, by the way, that, yes, Michael Tarquin, Ethan White hit the transfer portal. Austin Barber not hitting the transfer portal. He's going to be in Gainesville for the 2023 season at least, which is dope. Um, Nick De La Torre posted on, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was just like an on three message board, uh, but he posted a couple guys are kind of just fielding offers for NIL, trying to see what they can make, testing the market a bit. Doors not shut on them coming back to Florida. We'll see how, how true that is. I will say that one thing uh, that not alarmed me or anything, but one thing that I'm taking into uh, that I'm taking into consideration here, Ethan White, uh, his mother seems very nice. She, like Everything she's ever said on Twitter has been super nice from my eyes. Um, she posted a thank you note, didn't thank Billy Napier, didn't thank Rob Sale, didn't thank Darnell Stapleton, didn't thank Mark Hockey, anybody on this Florida staff. 
She did thank Dan Mullen and John Hevesy. And also, I want to say, I don't think that necessarily means that she's that that Ethan White's not coming back. Um, because she could easily just be like, well, I'll tweet about Billy Napier when he's definitely gone. Uh, but I will say it's kind of relevant to note that Mullen and Hevesy were the only two people who got thanked, or the only two coaches that got thanked there. So there's that. But we're about to take a look at some other... Um, some other rumors, we'll say, some inside stuff. But first, a quick word from Bet Online because today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Bet Online. The Florida Gators this year were awesome as underdogs against the spread. It's important to note those things, by the way, because you see spread where it's like, oh, Florida's supposed to lose by, by 35. Um, and it's like, well, this team doesn't lose. Like Florida, for the most part, when they lost, Lost very close games. So keep that in mind for next year because it's probably going to be a little bit different, but still the same. This isn't a team that, get blown out, that gets blown out often, right? Bet online is how I've been making money, betting on them. And NBA has been super nice to me this year, we'll say. But head to the website today or use your mobile device like I do right here to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lock My Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, um, this is some stuff that I've been told, and this is more of the things that I was like, oh, I want to I get further clarification on these things before I talk about it. I did. Um, sorry, it's not as juicy as you were hoping for, but I will say this, a few things. I've spoken to a few parents and some of them, not fans of Billy Napier, um, that they're not. Part of it is just because of what he expects from these kids. Because, you know, here's the thing, too, when, when we talk about parents. If a player is upset with what Billy Napier expects from him, he's probably going to go tell his parents it's worse than it really is, right? I, I think a lot of us can be like, oh, like, well, when I want someone on my side, or if I know they're on my side and I'm telling a story, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna exaggerate a little bit. But I will say this. One of the complaint one of the complaints that I heard about parents um was well, from parents, we'll say not about parents, but from parents was that Billy Napier would go into press conferences and he'd say, you know, we've got to get better players in Gainesville, we've got to add talent. This is a talent acquisition business. This rebuild is going to take a bit. Things like that. We're, we're, we're a rebuilding program. We're, not, we're in no shape to compete. This is going to be a long journey. We've got a lot of work to do in Gainesville. Stuff like that where if I hear that, I'm thinking that's you know that, that's kind of just honest but coach speak where it's like we got a lot of work to do. Like I want you to say that even if you're undefeated. I want you to say that. Um, but there are, or at least were, some parents where they were like, okay, whoa. Uh, and some players were like, okay, like, whoa, like, like you're talking about me or you're talking about my, my son here. What do you mean you need to get better? You've got a talented kid right there. And things like that rubbed parents the wrong way. I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, again, because Billy Nate, you can't appease the parents. Every parent wants their kid to be a superstar. Every parent wants their kid to be QB1. Every parent wants their kid to be corner one, edge one, whatever it is. 
every parent thinks that their kid's the best, or most parents think their kid's the best. So I get it. Uh, but that's one of the things where people talk about Billy Napier, and I've also been told the quote, Billy Napier's raw as hell behind the scenes. Um, which I, I I take that as just, you know, he, he's just honest and kind of dry. And I think that's where it rubs some parents the wrong way, which again is another thing where I don't know about you as, as Gators fans. I know me as a Gator fan. I don't give a damn. Like it's not Billy Napier's job to coddle people and, and go for your parents. This is the SEC, big dog. You came to the SEC. You came to Florida. Like you should have been prepared for what you're going to hear from people, right? So there's that. There's also, I, I know that uh, we've seen a few for Florida Gators tweet like the eyes emoji, and it's like, what's going on over there? Uh, namely, over this past weekend, Jason Marshall Jr. and Rashad Torrance both tweeted the eyes emoji. As for Jason Marshall Jr., I was told in late September, early October, that he was unhappy with the defensive scheme. Like, like, you know, quite a few Gators fans were, was that he was unhappy with the defensive scheme, that he wanted to play more man, less cover three, which is funny because, you know, we've been told or we've seen on Twitter, uh, Jason Marshall can't play cover three. Um, so Jason Marshall, I've been told, was upset in late September, early October that he didn't like the scheme. I uh, noticed at around that point is when Florida, because, okay, this was around LSU time. So right after that, Georgia and Florida started playing a lot more man around then, right? They started playing a lot more man defense. Uh, so what I was told is the way that it worked out was Jason Marshall complained about the defensive scheme, that he was unhappy with it, that he wanted to play more man coverage. Florida started playing more man coverage. That's the end of it that I have. I'm sorry. I tried getting more. That was the end of it that I can get for Jason Marshall. Because here's the thing. From that point on, you don't know any updates unless Jason Marshall says something. Right? Like, I, I have someone who told me that, hey, Jason Marshall's mad about this. And then I, I I didn't hear anything after. Like, I asked that same person that told me that. I was like, hey, do we have any updates? And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I haven't spoken to anybody that could help you. Uh, so... That, that's what it is. I don't think that he's leaving. I will say that. I know at the time when I was told this, it was like, hey, he might be going. Um, I think if he was, he would have hit the portal by now. And I don't think he's leaving. I, I'll say that, especially because they they appeased him, right? They they went more towards what he wanted to do. They even started rotating less frequently towards the end of the season. That could be because of injuries. But you had some healthy corners who didn't play late in the season. Next is Rashad Torrance II, who... I'm a big fan of, I've said that he had a bad year this year. Could be a new defense, could be a multiple, a multitude of things, right? I've seen rumors on Twitter. Um, and by that, I mean, I've had people tell me that, hey, Rashad Torrance wants more money um, and, and he's going to leave because of it. All I'll say is go for it then. Like if, if it's... Hey, he wants to test the open market and he wants to see what he can get. Like we've heard for a few players already. So be it. If you want to come back to Gainesville, I'll take you back with open arms. If not, I hope you get what you're looking for. But that's what we're looking at with some of these things. You know, yes, 
That's what I was told. The the, the rumor with Rashad Torrance is that. Um, I will say, I reached out, couldn't get that confirmed. So we'll say that. Um, we'll, we'll say that I couldn't get any confirmation that that was true. Do with that. Do with that information what you will. Jason Marshall, I know what I was told in September or early October, and I sat on it the whole time because of this. Um, nothing's changed, okay, as far as whether or not he's a Gator. He's a Gator right now. And I know that I, I've seen some people go, oh, give it two days, and he's leaving. I was told that over a week ago. So is that true? I don't think so. I think Jason Marshall Jr. and Rashad Torrance II will both be Florida Gators in 2023. And that's that. Um, I know, yeah, some parents are unhappy. Go cry about it. <laughs> that's that's not my job. That's not Billy's job to make sure that you're that you as a as a parent are happy. We're about to take a look at some potential transfer portal ads for the Florida Gators. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by the NHTSA. I'm an open book here, and I'm I'm gonna keep saying that. I lost a teammate of mine in April 2021, to a drunk driver. Killed him. On the spot. Yeah. So when you're hanging out with friends and you're putting back a few drinks and a few becomes a few too many, and the evening's closing, especially right now when everybody's like, hey, you know, we're all in town for the holidays. Let's go meet and get drinks. And you're like, oh, I could drive home. Don't. Don't be an idiot. Next time you want to drive intoxicated at all, under the influence of anything, I want you to remember Saharith Uvenatana, my teammate who got killed in April 2021 because of a drunk driver. So remember that because the results of your stupid decision are not just that you might get a ticket. You might actually kill somebody. So drive sober or get pulled over. To wrap up today's episode of Locked On Gators, we're going to go a little quicker here, I think. Um, but the Florida Gators still have needs. And I will say that I think one of the needs that they are planning on addressing here, running back three. We saw that they've offered, I believe, two uh, group of five or FCS, two below power five running backs that are looking for a step up. So Florida is looking for a running back three. I will say that whether or not Florida brought in Mark Fletcher, I don't think that changed anything. I think they were always going to look for an experienced running back three. And I will also say, I don't think it's indicative of how Florida feels about Trayon Webb at all. I think adding a, an experienced veteran here is an important part. Partially. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I feel like you're going to hate that I'm bringing this up. Um, partially because Florida asks their running backs to pass protect a bit. And it is rare for a freshman to come in and be able to do that. It's rare. Trevor Etienne sucked at it when he showed up on campus. And then he got better. But Trevor Etienne sucked at it when he showed up on campus. Montreal Johnson has been improving. It's hard to do that because in high school, I feel like it's so rare for a high school team to go, hey, star running back that's going to play SEC football. Pass protect. Like, no, you're going to get them the ball in any way you can. So on a passing play, they're probably going to be running a route. So I think the biggest thing there is wanting to add somebody who can contribute as a pass protector. Not that you need that, but that if Montreal or Trevor Etienne get hurt, you want someone who could at least be an option as a pass protector there. So 
I think you're looking at a lower level guy taking a step up and it's like, okay, well we've got our guy. Uh, next biggest need, I think in the offense, in the uh, transfer portal for Florida is probably the offensive line. You've lost Richard garage to the NFL draft. You've lost Osiris Torrance to the first round of the NFL draft. You've got Kingsley Iguakan back. You've got Austin Barber back. You lost uh, Ethan White to the transfer portal. And you've lost Michael Tarquin to the transfer portal. That's quite a bit of roster turnover there along the offensive line, right? Of your six guys that played the most, you've got two of them that you know are coming back. Or not even that you know, because, I mean, we know Austin Barber's coming back. But Kingsley... I suppose Kingsley could leave if he wanted to, whether that was draft or portal. Um, he's he's capable of doing both. So we'll see. But you know that you've got at least Austin Barber back, probably Kingsley Aguacan back. And then a lot of guys you got to replace. And yeah, we could talk about Roger Kearney, could be an early contributor along the offensive line. You could talk about Jake Slaughter. You could talk about Riley Simons. Um, you can talk about... Cameron Waits being someone that we're all hoping. Uh, you could talk about Richie Leonard, who played well in the limited snaps that he was given in 2022. But you could also talk about there's a lot of guys in the transfer portal along the offensive line right now. Some of them could play tackle, guard, and center. And you go, okay, well, then we want you on our team. So I think Florida does take a little look-see. At the offensive line in the transfer portal, there's been a lot of turnover along your offensive line. You've lost four start, four full-time starters. We'll say three full-time starters. Uh, you've lost three full-time starters. You have one full-time starter returning. And then your right tackle didn't have a full-time starter because of injury and constant rotations. So we'll say that, yeah, that you've got quite a bit of turnover along your offensive line. Adding in an experienced veteran is very rarely ever a bad decision. So Bring that in along the offensive line, someone who can step in immediately and contribute for your team and give players another year to get ready to play SEC football. And the last spot is on defense. I'm not going to talk about linebacker because we've got Taraja Mitchell likely coming in. Um, and I say likely because he hasn't made an official announcement that he's coming to Florida yet, which is probably because, if I'm not mistaken, he's playing in in the postseason for Ohio State. So that's probably why he hasn't made a, uh, an announcement yet for anything. But safety is what I'm talking about, especially if Rashad Torrance decides to leave. If Rashad Torrance leaves, that's one starter down. If Trey Dean, well, Trey Dean is gone. So if Trey Dean and Rashad Torrance are gone, that's both of your starting safeties. We know Trey Dean is gone. Rumor about Rashad Torrance, which again, I don't think happens. Um, but Corey Collier, who I know didn't play, gone. Donovan McMillan, who I thought would be competing for a starting spot this year. Gone. If you get Rashad Torrance back, that's Rashad Torrance and Kamari Wilson as your two returning safeties who actually played significant time this year. That's not great. And yeah, you've got Miguel Mitchell on board, but adding in a safety should be a, a an area of focus for this team. You've got a few DBs coming in in the 2023 class that could all play safety. Jordan Castell is probably the only true safety there. I know some places project Dijon Johnson there. I know some places project Jakeem Jackson there. But you don't have a true bona fide safety on this in this uh, backfield right now outside of Rashad Torrance II and Kamari Wilson that has actually played at the level before. So I think that you 
at least kick the tires. You could go for a safety who didn't fit in with his Power 5 team, who there was a coaching change in his Power 5 school, and he's coming back, or or he's looking for a new home. Uh, Someone who was a backup at the Power 5 level and didn't really play. Someone who is looking for a step up from the Group of 5 or FCS to the Power 5 level could be solid depth um like and i don't want to hear anything about you know group of five can't play sec because you know g5 billy right just had an all-american from the group of five so i don't want to hear anything about that but i think running back three offensive line and a safety three or four have to be priorities for the florida gators to attack the remainder of the transfer portal period so I think if you're Florida, you attack that. Obviously, you still look at tight end. You still look at linebacker, I think. But priorities have to be running back three, offensive line, and safety, if you're asking me. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. For your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryOfSI.com, and I will see you all tomorrow.